Good morning, New Song Church. How's everybody doing? Well, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great Christmas. Hope you got everything on your little Christmas list. You guys ready for New Year's? I'm not noticing a ton of Oklahoma team colors today. Oh, who? Yeah. Neither of our teams did so good. I see some Clemson over here. Good for you. We're real happy for you. Real, real happy for you. Hey, would you help me welcome all of those that are watching online with us, church? Let them know you're glad that they're with us. So we're doing something kind of unique, as you can see. I got some couches and chairs and people up here with me. And uh, we're going to do a little panel today. And we're going to talk about fasting because we are a few days away from a new year. And, uh, and actually next Sunday, we're going to begin a brand new series called Suddenly. We're going to be talking about how to get, uh, how to position yourself for the suddenlies that God wants to do in your life and what you do when God doesn't suddenly show up the way you, you thought he would and how to stand in faith. It's going to be a really, really great series. And uh, we got a devotional to go along with that. In fact, you're taking notes, write this down, newsongpeople.com slash 21 days. You can actually go there now. Don't go there yet. You can go there now and look at it a little bit. But, uh, but we're going to be starting a 21 days of devotionals. All the devotionals we as a church, we as a staff wrote. And uh, they're really, really good. We've got music on there, songs to go along with them, direction for you and your quiet time. Uh, there's also some instruction for you on there on different kind of fasts that you can do, as well as a message at the bottom of the page called Prayer and Fasting, Connecting and Disconnecting that I, I taught last year. And I would encourage you to, to go back and listen to that. Whether you heard that last year, I'd encourage you to refresh yourself on it. And if you haven't heard that message, make sure you go back and listen to that message because I really believe it's going to help you to have the faith you need to step into what God wants to do for you in 2020. I believe that 2020 is going to be an amazing year. How many agree with that? How many of you have faith for that? How many of you are ready for 2020? I, I really do. I believe it's going to be, it's going to be good. Um, also, before I jump into everything, uh, this Tuesday, New Year's Eve, we have our preview service over at the New Lease Building. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. At 4, 5, and 6, you need to sign up, register for that. You can, you can do that at newsongpeople.com slash preview. But you can come, and we're going to give you a tour of the building before the building gets all the construction done. Uh, we're also going to have a time of worship where you can come, and you can worship with us and with a group of people. We're going to take communion together, and then we're going to let you make your mark. You're going to be able to go over to the wall, kind of write down some scriptures that God's put on your heart for 2020, maybe trace your kids' hands, write some vision, write some encouraging words for New Song Church, whatever that may be. We're going to paint over it later so you can write within reason whatever you want on there. And, uh, but it's going to be a really cool time for us to kind of come together. We, we can't wait for you to see this building. It's going to be amazing. So make sure you register for that. It's this Tuesday, 4, 5, and 6. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Well, let me introduce our panel this morning. We'll start with beauty first. So my, that's my mom. I'm not talking to you, David. <laughs> my mom is here, Trudy Blunt. And uh, my mom has been a Christian for 48 years. We were talking about that. This week, 48 years she's been saved. She is a student of the Word of God. She has incredible insight into the Word of God. She's a prayer warrior. In fact, she's one of the lead intercessors for New Song Church. And uh, you can ask the people who are first service. She's going to be dropping some bombs today. All right? So get your notes out. Get ready to take some good notes because she's got some great stuff she's going to share with you. Beside her, we got David. Everybody give David a hand this morning. Have you caught your breath yet from worship? Yes. Okay, good, good. Well, David's obviously our worship leader. 
And uh, we love David. Beside him is Jackson, our student pastor. Everybody give Jackson a hand. These guys, both of them did something very unique with the fast last year that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, so, guys, it's going to be great. Um, let me just kind of, as we jump into this, let me, let me set you up a little bit, okay? You are a triune being. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm a triune being. And there are three parts to you. You are spirit, soul, and body. And, and here's how it works. Whichever part of you is the strongest dominates the others. And so God created you to where you would be a spirit being controlled by the spirit and dominated by the spirit in that way that you can, le- you can live a life that's leading you towards life and godliness and good things. But so often the tendency is we allow ourselves on a soulish level, we allow ourselves on a body level to be led in that direction, and that direction leads us to destruction. And so what we do in fasting, one of the things we do is we, we, we limit our body, we limit our soul, we kind of put those things down. Your, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And we say to those things, we say to those things, we're going to starve those things, we're going to push those things to the side. We're going to say to our body and our fleshly desires and the lusts of our flesh, we're going to push that stuff to the side. We're going to feed our spirit and we're going to engage with God in a greater way and pursue Him in a greater way and connect with Him in a greater way. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians, I believe it's 8, 1 Corinthians 8, let me see here, or I'm sorry, Romans 8, there we go, Romans 8, verse 6 says this, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, and so often that's what we do, our mind is, is set on the flesh, we set our mind on our lust, our, our body and its desires, which are selfish, they're focused on you and the lust of your body. That stuff is selfish and it leads to death. The, the, the lust of your mind and your will and your emotions. How many know emotions can be a roller coaster? And emotions can lead us to pursuing, pleasing the wrong kind of people. And that kind of stuff, it leads to death. But look at what the word says. But to set the mind, which notice this is intentional, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And that's one of the things that we do through the fast is through that season, we're really digging deep to set our mind on spiritual things so it leads us to the life and the peace that God has for us. The verse right before that, Romans 8, 5 says this, the man who is controlled by the Spirit is not. Everybody say is not. not. The person who's controlled by the Spirit is not controlled by the lusts of the flesh. So when we fast, one of the things that we do is we weaken ourselves on a soulish level. We weaken our body, we weaken our soul, and we strengthen our spirit. And what we really, here's what happens. We empower God to empower us. By weakening ourselves, we're empowering our spirit, which empowers God to move and work and do what he really wants to do in our life. And it, it's amazing what we've seen God do in our lives, in the lives of people in our church who have really taken this seriously. So, so here's what we're inviting you to do, okay? Three things. Fast, abstain, and feast. For 21 days, we're going to fast, we're going to abstain, and we're going to feast. We're going to fast some of the things that our body desires, some of the food that our body likes, some of the, the pleasures that we take with some of our, 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 the food that we in, enjoy. We're going to put that stuff to the side. We're going to seek God in a different way by laying some of that down. We're going to abstain from some stuff. Now, here's where people get confused sometimes because I've heard of people, and I've even been guilty of this before, say, I'm going to take a Facebook fast or I'm going to do a social media fast. Well, just so you know, you can't do that, okay? You can abstain from those things, and I would encourage you to do that because some of you are tied to some of that stuff emotionally. And you need to abstain from it a little bit. But, but biblically, a fast has to do with food. 
That's the biblical definition of fast. In fact, let me read you the biblical definition. Fasting is the willing abstinence or reduction from some or all food, drink, or both for a period of time. Notice it didn't say Netflix for a period of time, okay? (laughs) So just so you know. Now, I'm not saying that's not good to abstain from some of that. I do think it's important for you to abstain from some of your media normals, some of those things that maybe you're playing on your emotions a little bit that you need to push back from so you can seek God with that time rather than just seeking your own desires. But we're going to abstain from some stuff. We're going to fast some stuff. And then the last thing, and this is important, is you got to feast. We're going to feast on the Word of God. We're going to feast on prayer. We're going to feast on on worship. We're going to really intentionally focus our life on God. And as we do, James 4, 7 tells us that we're going to draw closer to God and he's going to draw closer to us. In fact, let me me read that to you. James 4, verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. That's what we're doing. You'll you'll see today as we talk about this, fasting is submitting to God. something God asks you and commands you to do. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, which is one of the things that you're doing as you fast, and he will draw near to you. You know what an amazing promise that is? I hope you really recognize, like, you draw near to God. The Bible tells you, it promises you, he's going to draw near to you. You go, you pursue God, you're going to get him. You're going you're gonna to arrive at God. You're going to get more of him than you've ever had before. Verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and, and it says this, he will lift you up. God will lift you up. I believe God wants to lift us up as we move into 2020. I believe God has some things in store for us. And so what we want to do is commit the beginning of this year to the Lord like never before. Pursue him. And we're expecting that there's going to be some suddenly moments take place in our lives. Can you agree with me on that? All right, so let's jump into this panel here because you guys got a lot of great wisdom to share with us this morning. And so David, I'll start with you. Uh, I know last year you and some of your buddies, your friends, buddies. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We call each other buddies. Yeah, you guys did a very unique fast. And so talk about what you guys did and then talk about the importance that having your friends with you in this kind of played in that. So um, last year... uh, me and some of the guys in my small group felt led to really study out fasting. Uh, maybe you can relate to me before, but I, I felt like I'd never really gotten anything out of fasting. Like I'd done it because that's what we do as a church. But if I were honest, I, I didn't really know what the purpose was. And so, um, you know, for a lack of knowledge, people perish. So like one of the things that I, I felt led to do, me and some of the guys in my small group, was to really look at what the word says about fasting. And so we listened to a lot of messages, read a lot of books, and um, we felt led to do a 21-day water-only fast. So we didn't, from, the, from day one, didn't eat, only drank water all the way until the end. That is a no-joke fast right there. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, and just a disclaimer, we're not, I'm not saying that everyone should do a fast no. like that. Yeah. Um, if you're new to the church and you're going, wait, what are yeah. you guys wanting me to do? No, no, no. Just so you know, I've never done a, that kind of fast. I don't think anyone else on this panel has. Um, and you didn't just flippantly decide to do no. this. You, you went into it very educated. Your wife is a nurse. Yeah, my wife's a registered nurse. So we talked about it ahead of time and, and agreed upon like a weight that if I dropped below that, that she would. Because I lost 35 pounds that week. Yeah. Uh, we ended, the, we ended the fast with a worship night. And if you guys remember that worship night, David was a different man. <laughs> Half the man. Half the man. I am now. Well, uh, a quarter of the man. Okay, never mind. Eighth of the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we didn't, uh, I talked to my wife about it, but one of the things that we, 
I saw as like a huge benefit is I'd never fully disconnected from a basic necessity like food for any period of time, really. And I noticed day one um, some of the things that began to shift in my mind. Because if you think about it, so much of our lives are revolve around food. I mean, you celebrate. Uh, so if there's something to celebrate, what do you do? Like, let's go to Brahms. You know, if if this is two messages now that I've brought Brahms into right. the picture. Um, if, if you're sad, what do you do? You get, you get food. Like, what do you do? Let's get the family together. Let's eat food. So I'm removing that basic necessity from the equation, that thing that we have a legitimate need for, um, really opened my eyes to some of the other areas that my flesh was taking control and driving the bus. Yeah. So you had some guys doing this yeah. with you. What role did they play in this? Yeah. So I'd say um, if any kind of fast that you're going to do, uh, I'd encourage you to find someone to invite to do that fast with you. Um, don't pressure them or guilt them into it. Um, but in, find somebody that you can invite to pray about doing whatever fast you're going to do because it does a couple things. One, um, there's account- some accountability in place. Yeah. So, you know, me and, and Jared, my friend Jared, that we, that he was the main guy that we would talk every day. Um, we both felt led to do this on day one. So you can't change your mind on day 10 because God doesn't change his mind. It's not like he's going to release you unless there's like a medical reason. So there was some accountability there. But the second thing there was is that there was some, um, when you disconnect from, uh, when you push your flesh down, what begins to happen is it rears its head a little bit. And so some selfishness, some hangriness, some severe hangriness. It's kind of like those biscuits that right. you pop and they pop out. Yeah. So you start having flesh pop but out. But you think about it like hangry. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you think about it like being hangry is an example of that. Like your flesh is screaming for a need right. that needs to be met. And it's not just that you're hungry. It's on a spiritual level, like your flesh is driving the bus in that moment. And so to have some guys around you that would help you go, hey, I, some, like I can see your flesh a little bit. Like it's showing up. Uh, you need to push that down. It, that yeah. was, it was vital for being able to get all the things that God had for us out of that. So That's awesome. So again, we're not telling you to do a water-only fast. I think what, what we're saying is what's God saying to you yeah. and to challenge yourself, push yeah. yourself, yeah. And, and invite other people into this because it, it's important for accountability reasons. I would also say this if you're married to, to come into agreement for what you're going to do because if you're totally changing the way you're going to be eating, you know, that's going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. So you guys need to come to some place of agreement on what that's going to look like yeah. and uh, what kind of fast you're going to do. Mom, let's go over to you now. Um, would you talk a little bit about the role of prayer when it comes to fasting, how important that is to it, and just share what God's put on your heart? Okay. Um, first of all, fasting without prayer and seeking God is only a diet. You'll get to the end of 21 days and you'll be skinnier maybe, but the power of God won't, ha- won't have changed you like it wants to. Yeah. One of the issues that we have as a Christian, and we always will, is the fact that our body wants to dominate us. And God did not create our body to dominate us. Our body was created by God. Uh, First, God actually, he created our spirit. And then he took that spirit and he made a body out of dirt and put that spirit in dirt. Because that's what we are, we're dirt. And so uh, the body, though, was created to be an earth suit. It was created to carry the Spirit of God around the earth while you're here for kingdom purposes. That's good. Let me read a couple of scriptures about that. Uh, Romans 12, 1 says, I urge you to offer your body as a living and holy sacrifice to God. 
a sacred offering that brings him pleasure. This is your reasonable service. Now, the word reasonable service there means essential worship. So actually, your body was created to worship God. It was created to carry about the presence of God, and it was created to make sure that it walked alongside your spirit. But, but often what we end up doing is we end up worshiping our body. Right. We put our body and our desires exactly. in the flesh above God and right. what he desires that that would be submitted to him. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. this is such a good scripture. Have you forgotten that your body yeah. is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You do not belong to yourself any longer. The Holy Spirit lives in you and abides in you and wants to move in you. And it says, so glorify your spirit and your body, which are God's. That's good. To bring glory. A lot of people think that's a myth that comes from there. The glory of God is the expression of the nature and character of God. That's good. So when you bring glory to God, that means you with your nature and your body and your spirit are letting the people know what God looks really looks like. Wow, that's awesome. So... Uh, another way, uh, another thing about fasting, and I like to say it like this, fasting enables you to discipline your body so that your body becomes a servant of the Lord and not the master of your spirit. That's good. So that's one of the things fasting will help you do. It will help you to shut up your body. Yeah. Because remember this, your body is temporal. Your spirit is eternal. Yeah. One of these days, your body is going to die, and it'll go right back to the dirt that it came from. And so why are we putting more emphasis on that part of our life than we are the spiritual? So fasting is a good way to make sure that you're saying, body, no, you are in service to God, and that's what you're for. And it gets back in control. Uh, In the Old Testament, they talked about sackcloth and ashes. I don't know if you've read that in your Bible, but in the King James, it talked about it. But sackcloth and ashes meant this. A sackcloth was actually a sack that was a cloth. <laughs> That's what it was. And it, it was like, some of you may not remember this, but we used to get onions and potatoes in these big old sacks. And they were burlap and they were ugly and they were scratchy and they were not fun. And it would be like taking that and wearing that instead of your finery. Because in this moment, what you're saying with that is, my, my own righteousness is, is a filthy rag, really. Wow, that's good. I, I, my own righteousness is no more than sackcloth, and it is a sign of humility. And the word humility means to drop the wall. It's kind of like what Pastor teach, taught last week, drop the blanket. It, it, you, a lot of us have these walls we build up that everybody looks at, and they think we're fine and we're not. Yeah. You drop the wall, you drop your pride, and you humble yourself before God. And ashes uh, actually just meant earth. They would take dirt, and they'd put it on their head, and it would just remind them, I am dirt. That's all I am. Without God, I am nothing. That's so good. So you're humbling yourself before God. And a wonderful picture of this is when David, King David, came into Jerusalem. And uh, while Saul was king for 20 years, the Ark of the Covenant was outside of the capital city, outside of the city where God was to be worshipped. The first thing David did when he became king, he said, I'm getting the presence of God back into Jerusalem. And so the Ark of the Covenant began to come back into the city. And when Jesus, I mean, when Jesus, when, when David saw that, it said he took off his crown, 
It took off his kingly robes and he laid them aside and he was standing there in a tunic. And he began to dance before the Lord because he was so grateful that the presence of God was back in Jerusalem. But this is what he's saying. I am not the king today. The real king just came to town and I'm going to worship him. That's good. That's what that was talking about. And, and one of the things that's interesting about that story is his wife, Mikhail, she didn't come to the worship service. She stayed at home from the tower and looked down on him for being humble before God. And the Bible said she was barren from that day forth. So when you exalt yourself and your body and your, your, who you are over the, over the spirit of God and the, uh, and the king of your heart, then it'll make you barren in life. So you need to humble yourself and say, I am nothing without God. And that's what David was doing that day. When you say barren too, you don't mean like you, you're not going to not be able to have children. You mean right. your life isn't going to produce the fruit that God's right. called you to produce. Right. It makes you barren because yeah. you have put self on the throne instead of God. Um, here's some things for just fasting procedure, faith for fasting. Number one, fasting is one of the pillars of Christian faith. If you look in the Word, you'll see that to humble yourself, which is always connected to fasting, is found 28 times. The word prayer, just the word prayer, is found 121 times. And more than that, if it's pray or other words, but the word prayer is 121 times. And of those words, a third of the time, fasting is connected to those uh, scriptures. Wow. So, so obviously we know as a church prayer is a... A pillar of our faith, and what you're we is something we know we should be doing. Correct, you guys know that, right? Right. And what you're saying is a third of the time, prayer and fasting are connected to each other. Yes. So what that tells us is fasting should be a pillar of our faith. Yes. Something that's tied to yes. who we are as believers. And Jesus fasted. Jesus yeah, did it. He did. We're to follow his example. Paul said, in fastings often, great men of God through the word always fasted because yeah. it does something to bring the power of God in your life. Jesus also commanded us to pray in Matthew 6, 5 through 6. He said, when you pray in verse 5 and 6. Yeah. And then in verse 18, he says, when you fast. It doesn't say if you pray and if you fast. It yeah. says when you do it. So the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ for our life is he wants us to pray and fast. Yeah. So fasting is what we talk about, submitting to God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next, fasting does not change God. Fasting transforms you to where you can hear from God. And one of the things you'll notice that'll happen is you begin to seek God. You'll get instruction. You'll get wisdom. You'll get revelation and guidance from God through this 21 days. And then through the rest of the year, you'll probably get things that God will tell you in the 21 days that are going to be for the whole year of 2020. Yeah. So be looking for that. Expect that. Uh, and then fasting brings breakthroughs. Yeah. And the, uh, there's a fast, one of the most famous fasts in the Bible is in Joel. talks about uh, the first chapter and the second chapter. The first chapter talks about the state that Israel was in, and it was bad. Everything was dried up. The pomegranates, the canker worms had come in. Everything had been destroyed. Their joy was dried up. And so the priest said, we have got to proclaim a holy fast. And they did that. And when they did that, then the, the Lord began to talk to him, And he said, if you'll return to me, I will return to you. Yeah. And by chapter 2, you see that as they began to fast, the Spirit of God came. And he said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon That's all good. flesh. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what had been a temporary, see what you don't understand, what people don't understand is in the Old Testament, the anointing only came on the prophet and the priest and the king. And yeah. it, would, it would settle on them once in a while and go away. But God said, there's going to be a day when the Holy Spirit comes back on the day of Pentecost. And he will be here forever. And he will never depart again. And it will be just like the Garden of Eden. I will walk and I will talk to you daily. And I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's good. I will always be there to help Amen. you. So the permanent return of the Holy Spirit was also accomplished and found out by that, that fast. So one of the things fasting does, too, is... Think about your life and your legacy. What you pray and fast for today has all to do with your future. That's good. And your family and what's ahead for you. You might pray for something during this period and five years ahead you're going to take care of something that needs to be started now. Because there's cycles where God begins to move. Like when he was talking about how that um, uh, there's a timing on things. There's timing. And God knows timing. And he'll help you with everything. Just, just realize that there's breakthroughs that will come as you pray and fast. That's good. That's my mama. Okay. Uh, all right, mom. Um, one more for you here. Why do you think people don't experience um, the prayer life that God desires for them? Um, I think that, uh, well, I want to give a definition of prayer. Right off the bat. I think they don't understand the legalities of prayer. Yeah. People don't understand there's a legal side to prayer. Uh, when God created Adam Eve and Eve in, in the garden, it's in, verse, in Genesis 126, it said, Let us make them in our own image and let them have dominion. Now, there's four important words there. Let us let them. God said, let us let them. Now, God gave owner, uh, uh, he gave rulership to Adam and Eve, but not ownership. And, but he was giving them dominion. Yeah. He was giving them dominion. And dominion comes because you have to ask. That's if good. you don't ask, God doesn't move. Right. People don't understand that. And, it's, and it happened because of the fall, especially after the fall, uh, God had to be invited into everything. See, that's why sometimes you think, he knows I'm hurting. He knows my feelings. He knows my needs. Why doesn't he do something? Yeah. See, he can't because of authority. You have to say, come in. You that's why it says God in Revelation, in. I stand at the door and I knock. Yeah. Will you open it? Come on. Yeah. See, it's all, it's, it's legalities of prayer. God's, God's go not moved by your need. Nope. He's not moved by your hurt. Nope. He sees it. Yeah. But in order for him to move in those areas, we have to invite him in. Yeah. Which is how, that's how he created it. That's how he set it up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And here are some of the, the things that happen to people. Some people don't pray because they think God's mad at them. He didn't want me in his presence. Let me tell you something. The blood of God cleansed you of your sin. And it says you can come boldly to the throne of grace anytime you want to come. You're invited through the blood. So God's not mad at you. Uh, they think it's boring. If you think it's boring, it's because you haven't engaged in it much because there is nothing like being yeah. in the presence of God and Him filling you with His peace and His joy and His love. Yeah. And those moments where you know, just know that God's talking to you. Yeah. Uh, and they don't, but some people don't believe it's for everybody. They believe it's for the intercessors. They think, well, there's special people that God has called that will intercede for me. Listen, 
intercessors, their prayers are only to bring you to choice because God can't make you do anything. That's so good. He can't make you get saved. He can't make you tithe. He can't make you come to church. He could have, why didn't he stop even the garden and say, don't do that? Because he gave her dominion. He won't make you do anything. But he wants to help you with what you're doing. And, and during this fast, be, be aware of that. Um, let me answer some questions about the answers to why people don't pray. One of the things they don't realize or they believe is that God is sovereign, which means he has absolute power. He can do anything he wants to, anytime he wants to. And that is true, except that God has bound himself and is as sovereign as his own word. So good, Because Man. Jesus is the word, and he yeah. will not go outside his word. Because if he does, he is no longer truth. Do you remember when Jesus stood, and, and they were taking him, and... Peter cut off somebody's ear, and, and Jesus said, look, guys, it's right before the cross. He says, put your sword up. Pastor talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Put your sword up. Don't you know, I, at this moment, I am God and I am man, but I'm operating as a man for you right now to get you back? But I could change over to God right now, and I could call 12 legions. That's 72,000 angels. And we could just be done with this right now, and you would all be annihilated. Yeah. But you know what he said? But I will not do that because the scripture must be fulfilled. He bound himself to his word. So once God says something, it becomes a law unto himself, and you want it to do that to be that. So good. Because truth sets you free. And you want a God of truth, and you want a God that never changes, and that he'll always be the same yeah. yesterday, today, yeah. and forever. And then last, you need to be a student and love God's word. Yeah. Because this book right here is God's manual. Yeah. And this is his mind. Yeah. Right here is his mind. This is his nature. This is his character. This is his integrity. This is his heart. This is who he is. It's right here in this book that Amen. you have. And I... And it's on, it's on your tablet. It's on everything you got right yes. now. It is God. It's the manual because the manual is the mind of the maker. And he knows what you need. And he will help you get it. And also, God's word is his will. And he'll never step outside of his will. And it's so important that you understand that. And let me exhort you a little bit right here. The scripture talks about everybody's called to pray. Everybody's called to fast. But when Jesus came back uh, in Ephesians 4.11, it says he ascended, but when he descended, he brought gifts and gave them to men. And he gave to some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. He gave us the five-fold ministry gift. They are, for the ministry, they are for the building of the saints for the work of the ministry. And one of the things you need to do in 2020, and I've done this all my life. I've been, I've been serving God since I was 17 years old. I've always had a pastor. And when I came to church, I separated whoever that man was from the fact that he's about to step on this holy platform and, and get behind the holy desk and proclaim the word of God to me. And that he was standing in an office that was outside of who he was. He's a pastor. And you have a wonderful pastor yep. here. Yep. And one of the things, when I come to church, this is no longer my son. 
This is my pastor. And that's how I've been with every pastor I've ever had. Because I want to tell you something. Because of that office and the anointing that's on that office, revelation is going to flow to you week after week after week that comes from the throne of God. And it will absolutely be maybe what's going to cause you to succeed or fail in the weeks to come. I always listened to my pastor like my life depended on it. I set my heart the moment I walked in the church that I'm going to hear something today from my family that could save our lives. So I admonish you during this next year and during your fast to submit to the the wonderful authority God's given you. And I'm not not just pumping up my son, okay? You can, though, if you want. I'm good with it. I've done this with every pastor I've ever had. And we're about to enter into a wonderful, wonderful year. And so, well, and I think it comes back to, there's a verse that talks about those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. I think there are a lot of people um, just in, in, in general that are, are actually, they think they're planted in a church, but really they're potted in a church. You know what I mean? Like, like when you're planted, you can't be moved. You can't be offended out of a house when you're planted into it. Um, especially when, when you've gone, okay, this is where God's called me to be. And, and, and you found a healthy church and, and healthy leadership that do things in a healthy way, which you found here, by the way. Um, and so when you're planted, it actually allows you to, to plug into the soil there and receive the nutrients that are there. A potted plant, it just receives the nutrients that's in that little pot. So, so I can take it from one place to another. But when you're planted in the house, that means that you're submitted to the leadership that's in here. So what that means is that even when it's uncomfortable or even when it's something that, that we remember, remind ourselves as, as on staff at this church and leaders of this church, is that whatever that man and his wife say goes, that's God's will for my life. Because I've submitted myself and my family underneath his leadership and his direction. And what it does is it actually allows me to receive the God, all that God has for me. Because the number one thing that will block God working in your life is pride. Yeah. Yeah. It just will. It will block it. And, and there's, an, there's, a, there's an aspect of submitting to the leadership that you're under that actually allows God to move in your life in a greater way. That's good. You, you good, Mom? You got everything? You know, growing up with her was interesting. Um, I bet it was a trip. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, I, I, I thought my mom was a spiritual Yoda. And I, you, all, you always knew, like, you, I couldn't get anything past you. And it's funny, when you're talking, I felt led to say this, because I think there's maybe some of you in here, and, and you, you look at, and I would encourage you, you need to do that. You need to have people that you look up to, and you say, that's what I want. I want to be like that. Yeah. And mom, you're not, you're not special. No. You just love the word. I and, love the word of God. I've always loved the word of God. Yeah. I drive my husband crazy because it's all I want to talk about <laughs> night and day. I teach, teach, teach. He's not crazy. So he doesn't, he loves he, the are word. you saying he doesn't like it? No, he not? loves the word. But once in a while, he just says, let's take a breather here and watch a football. <laughs> but I, I really, I believe this. When I, and I feel prompted to say this about you fathers. When I grew up. I had the most wonderful godly father, and he wasn't anything special. He was a postmaster at a, at a postmaster in a little bitty town out in Texas. But every day that man came home, and I don't hardly remember seeing him without a Bible in his hand. And I would see him. He'd lay down in the afternoons. He'd lay his Bible across his chest, and he'd meditate the Word. He just loved the Word. And sometimes I'd watch him, and he would be reading the Word of God, and tears would run down his face. 
and tears start running down my face. And I'm a little kid thinking, I don't know why I'm crying, but my daddy loves God's word. And I believe that seed of his love as a father for the word of God planted something in me that is still there today. Men, make sure your children see you in the word of God. Not just mama. And, and, and on that note, with dad, dad was always in the word. Yes, and one of the places that my dad gets in the word is in his jacuzzi bathtub. And he actually, he actually has a Bible that is his jacuzzi Bible that's about four times fatter than it should be. Because he's dropped it in the... In, but I see that Bible growing up and I knew, I knew that they loved the word. And what I'm saying is... There's no one that you see in, in the church world, any leader that's not attainable if you will pursue God and just really go after the Lord through his word, through pursuing him. You can be a giant of the body of Christ. God desires that of you and for you if you'll go after it. Okay, so Jackson, you have the fun task of following that up. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you guys can start praying for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Just learn how to pray. Let's go. But you were talking... <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the word. We're kind of shifting over to that. And, and one of the things that happens when you're fasting is you kind of get to this place where it's like your spiritual senses are heightened. Yeah. If you fasted before in the right way, you, you've experienced this where you get to that point where it's just always, it's kind of like you're just so aware of God's presence and his voice. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And I think it's in, it's, it, part of getting there is being in the Word. And then part of making the most of that is staying in the Word. So, Jackson, you and your wife, Haley, did something super unique last year. Talk about what you guys did with the Bible and, and just kind of share that real quick. Yeah, so um, my wife, Haley, and I, we, um, we did this thing earlier this year called the 30-Day Shred. It's a Bible challenge, Bible plan where you shred through the whole Bible in 30 days. The whole and, Bible whole Bible, in 30 days. Genesis through Revelation, which, funny thing, just just random fact, uh, the Old Testament is really big, so you actually don't get to the New Testament till like day 23. So, isn't that crazy? So, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I just had to show that. <laughs> but um, I remember you guys getting to that day and being like, we finally got to Jesus. We, we made it like, to Matthew. finally. It was a long journey, let yeah. me tell you. Um, and it was kind of a spontaneous decision we made. We weren't, we weren't planning on doing that, that shred. It was the night before our new song uh, fast started, our 21 days. And we were just scrolling through Instagram one night, and some of our friends from back home in Dallas were posting about this challenge and challenging our, our friends. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, I mean, we're doing the fast. Let's just go for it. Um, and we had no idea... One, the work and the time and the effort it was going to take to do this. Um, but more importantly, I had no idea the, the, the spiritual effect it was going to make on my heart. And it's, it's truly changed the way I read the word. Now, we talk about it still constantly, about what God did. Um, but there's a, there's a scripture in Colossians 3.16. I've been reading it a lot lately and trying to memorize it. But it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And I love those two words, dwell and richly, um, because it paints this picture of what, it, what we're supposed to do with God's word. Um, that first word, dwell, if you think about that word, dwell, it's, it's a word that paints this picture of living somewhere, being somewhere consistently enough. You're dwelling in there. There's a picture of, like, like David was saying, planting your roots, 
being there long enough for fruit to actually start to grow. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that word richly is just a word of, of abundance and being, being in, in some place more than what's required or more than the minimum. That's really good. And, um, I think that sometimes, uh, we've all been there. There can be a disconnect when it comes to being in God's word. Cause if we're honest, it's a hard book to read sometimes. Um, and there can be a disconnect and then we blame it on, well, it's just too hard to understand. I'm just not going to get into it. I'm just going to come on Sundays and, and be fed. But, but what, what the Bible tells us is that if you dwell and if you dwell richly, that the word of Christ will dwell in you and that fruit will grow. And I think sometimes we stop or we're not consistent in the Bible due to a lack of understanding. And if we would just keep going and, and choose to dwell that we would see that fruit grow and we would have a better understanding of his word. And so ultimately for Haley and I, um, that's what happened for us. We were just, I mean, we forced ourselves to be in God's word a crazy amount. And that's what happened. We were in it richly and we started to see really cool fruit grow. Yeah. Um, and so practically, I know some people, I know before we did, I was like, how in the world do you read that much scripture in a, in a month? Um, so just really quickly, what that looks like practically, it's about... Uh, 50 to 60 chapters a day, which equals out to two and a half to three hours of reading a day. Um, it's binge watching or listening or reading the word. Yes, you are binging the word. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, you can, if you're going to do this, we're going to do this again this year. If you're going to do it, you can say bye to Disney Plus, say bye to Netflix. You're not going to have time for those things anymore. You're going to be abstaining. Yes, you will be feasting. abstaining. Um, but what we would do is um, we wouldn't just read it. Uh, we would actually listen to the word all the time. So we would listen to the word on the way to work in our car. Uh, if we ever had a chance during the day where we had some time, I'd take my Bible out, just read a couple chapters if I could, listen on the way home. And then one of my favorite things that we did was uh, instead of watching TV, it was really funny. We'd just sit on our couch in front of our TV with our Bibles on our laps, and we'd, and we'd be listening to it as we were reading. And that just helped us keep a really good pace. Um, <laughs> So that's how we did it. But ultimately, um, I mean, just like Miss Trudy and, and we've been talking about this whole time, what that did for us was what we were doing was the biblical version of a fast just on level 2000. We were abstaining from certain foods, but we weren't just doing that. We were feasting on God's word. And, and it was amazing. Like we, I've never talked about God's word as much in my whole life. That's like all we talked about during that month. And it just saturated everything about us. It was, it was amazing. That's cool. So, and again, we're not saying that's what you have to do. No, no, I think no, no. What, what we're saying is what's God asking you to do and how can you push yourself? How can you really not just kind of go, just not just get by and, you know, check off that, I, yeah, I was a part of a church fast. Let me just tell you, that's why we're talking about this today. We want you to catch a vision for this, to really get faith for what God can do. Because I've been a part, I remember the first fast we ever did was with our church, and it was just kind of the church was doing it, and we felt the pressure to do it. And so we did it, and about 10 days into it, all I was feeling was hungry and angry. And we, we actually ended up quitting because I had no vision other than I'm just doing this because I feel bad and I feel like I'm supposed to do it. And, and then the next year, we really, I, I decided I was going to dive in. I was going to understand this. I was going to really get it. And it was amazing how incredible of a fast that was for me and what God did during that season. It was during that fast, really, that I started getting a lot of vision for this church and this city and what God was going to do for us years later when we moved here. So... What we're saying is we want you to have faith for this. We want you to really believe 
with what God can do. Okay, so really quick, I'm talking like a minute, okay? You guys each give us a little bit of, mom, you, you're, I know you're going to go longer than a minute, but you guys <laughs> give me about a minute's worth of encouragement for these guys. David, let's start with you. Um, I'd say first, make sure you um, have the right expectations set up. What I mean by that is, um, I think one of the reasons why I've failed in fasting in the past is because I was doing it chasing a feeling. Like I, I, I wanted to feel closer to God or I wanted to feel more spiritual or feel this spiritual high. And if you go into fasting like, with that, you're gonna be disappointed because really the whole reason, like feelings originate in your soul and we're trying to disconnect from that. We're trying to disconnect from being feelings motivated, being feelings That's driven good. to being faith driven. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I went through the whole 21 days of not eating um, the most extreme fast I've ever done. And I, honestly, I didn't really feel much other than hungry all the yeah. time. Um, I felt that. Um, but I got at the end of the 21 days, and I felt, uh, at the, we did the worship night, which we did, we're going to do again we're this year. We're doing it again this year. Um, and I do like I always did at the end of worship nights is I take some time by myself just to kind of decompress. And um, I felt like the Lord said, you've done everything you know to do to get close to me over the past 21 days. You've not eaten, you've prayed, you've read more. Um, how about we just be close now? And so have your heart be that going into to fasting. It's just, God, I want to give you more access to do more with my life. Like, I want to give you 100% of me. I'm going to put my flesh down, abstain from some things so that you have more room to move in my life. That's good. I think I went over a minute. I'm sorry. I think you did too. When you were... I am submitted. I promise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when... when uh, <laughs> When you were having this moment with the Lord, what were you eating? Uh, a crepe. Remember we had that crepe truck? <laughs> so yeah. when you break a fast, when you break a water fast, you're supposed to like do bone broth for a couple of days and stuff like that. And I didn't do that at all. <laughs> it was like Emily Lawrenson brought me some bone broth at the end. And then it was like, get me that crepe truck out yeah. there. I had like four of those and a peanut butter and jelly. And I hurt so bad <laughs> because my stomach was just so tiny. It was just... Oh, man. So, you know. Well, I'm glad you're healthy again. You yeah, look, look I'm back good. up at my healthy weight. My doctor says this is my healthy, yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, Jackson, you got, you got 39 seconds up there. Okay, okay. Um, I would say for you, um, just ask yourself, going into this fast, what does it look like for, for me to dwell with God richly? And really what I'm asking is, what does it look like for, for me to stretch myself a little bit during this season? Like, a fast is supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And so what does it look like for you um, to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable? You don't have to do a water-only fast. You don't have to read the whole Bible in 30 days. But what does it look like for you to push yourself? Um, and, and really what you're doing is you're creating margin for, for God to move. That's what we That's the whole reason why we do a fast. We're, we're saying no to other things to give space for God to do something. That's why we tithe, we're, we're giving God this so he can do this. That's why we Sabbath. We, we're saying, I'm going to rest and trust you so you can give me rest and, and I can find peace in you. And, and so that's what I would say is just ask yourself, what does it look like for me to dwell with God richly? That's good. All right, Mom. You guys okay with us going a little over? A few minutes over? All right, Mom, what you got? Um, one of the most famous scriptures, it seems like, when you're going to go into a, a fast or the new year is Habakkuk. Uh, and they always read verse 2, but they never read verse 1. Verse 2 says, write the vision and make it plain. 
I think most people have heard that one. But listen to this. I want to read them in conjunction. Verse 1 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart or the tower. That means you're praying. And watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord said, write the vision and make it plain. Now, when I was praying for this service, um, the Lord began to show me some things about 2020. And one of the things he showed me was this, and I, and I see things in pictures. That's how I move prophetically more than anything. But I saw a long highway, and we were standing on the highway, the church, the people, all of us. And there's a big, wide line there. And it was a finish line, but also a starting line. On this side, it was 2019, on this side of the line, and on the other side was 2020. So it was a finish and a start. But then the Lord showed me these two huge boxes. There was one on the left and one on the right. And the one on the left was full of blessing and gifts and all these wonderful things. And the Lord said, that's your gains. That's your gains from 2019. But on this side, there was a big, huge box, and it was full of trash and debris and all kinds of stuff. And he said, that was your losses. And he said, I do not want you to take your losses and your trash into 2020. And the word repent, that's, see, part of that scripture says, when I am corrected. The word repent really means to change kingdoms. Yeah. Whenever a king would go and conquer another king, they would take the old king and they would walk them out to their, everything they had, their home, everything they had, and they would have them stand there while it burned to the ground, which means there is nothing for you to go back to. Turn to me. And that's how we are with Jesus in 2020. Yeah. We want to change kingdoms. That's good. We want to get rid of anything that's from the kingdom of darkness in our life. And we want to walk in the kingdom of God That's in 2020. So good. so good. So our challenge for you during this past, and every one of us, I'm telling you, every one of us in this room, people on this platform, we all need to repent. Yeah. And we all need to look at ourselves and say, what did we gain? What did we lose? Yeah. What do we want to do? And then write it down, declare it, get scriptures for it. And you'll see by tw the end of 2020, there's going to be a huge change in your life. That's so good. Because this church is going to a really cool place Amen. this year. Amen. Okay, let me give you three real quick things. One is uh, set an objective for your fast this year. Really go to the Lord, ask Him what He wants to do in you, and get a vision and faith for what you want God to accomplish in your life, through your life. Yes. Have faith for, get, get a vision. What is God saying to you this year? What does He want to do? Second thing is decide what type of fast you're going to do. Take the, some time. Do some research. I'd encourage you, if you're married, to get with your spouse and talk about the kind of fast that you're going to do. Talk about the kind of feasting you're going to do on the Word. You know, one of the things me and Sarah were talking about this week is it's if we're not careful, if I'm doing my feasting on the Word a certain way and she's doing hers another way, then what can end up happening is we end up abstaining from each other for 21 days during the fast, and that's not good. We're not telling you to abstain from your marriage for 21 days. In fact, one of the things that you should be enjoying if you're married during the fast is sex, amen? Don't abstain from that. You should have the best sex of your life over the next 21 days. Can I get an amen, men? Amen. So, but, but, but one of the ways you're going to do that is if you come to agreement on what you're doing. Because if you don't, you're going to be two, two boats going in different directions. So, so get together. And I would even encourage you, 
with your children? What, you know, we talk to our kids about fasting and what fasting is going to look like. And obviously it's a little different with them because they're little and their life is a little different. Like our children, a lot of what we ask them to do has to do with abstaining. We're going to abstain from soda. We're going to abstain from sweet treats. We're going to abstain from some of those things. And we're going to have more spiritual time than, than normal. We're going to make sure with each of them that we're, they're doing their devotions. And with my little one, Sonny, who's six, we're going to sit down with her. We're going to read the Word. And we're going to teach her how to hear from the voice of God and how to, how to pray and all those different things. Really spend some extra, more motivated time with her and, and bring her into that as well. So decide what type of fast you're going to do. Include your family in that. And then expect results. Expect that God's going to move. Expect that 2020 can be the best year of your life. Expect that God's going to speak to you and do incredible things. I believe that the breakthrough is in front of us. You know, last year, we began the fast by believing God for a building. You guys remember that? And it was funny. I kind of expected on day 22 that a building was going to fall in our lap. It didn't happen. Day 22, I didn't get to text these guys and be like, guys, it happened. Here it is. Which we all were expecting. Yeah, they were all like looking at me like, where is it? Um, but, but I got to the end of it and I was praying a few days later and I was like, okay, Lord, what's going on? Like, what do I need to do? We've all been focused and praying on this. And the Lord said, what do you know? And I said, well, I started thinking, okay, what do I know? Well, I know we want to get that land. I've known that. In fact, a year before me and our, our, my wife and our children actually went out to that land with a stake and we put it in the ground. We wrote our names on it and we claimed that land for New Song Church. I knew that was supposed to be our land. So I knew that, but what I didn't know was the step in between. And I knew there was a step in between, but I didn't know what it was. And that was the part that was frustrating. We were trying to find another building, but we couldn't. It wasn't happening. But I knew we were supposed to have the land. And so I started pursuing that land. And here's what God told me. He said, make a move and I'll bless the move you make. So we started making moves towards the land, and we, God did bless it. In fact, we ended up getting that land for $300,000 cheaper than it was a year before. That's the blessing of God right there. But beyond that, then I had a guy in the church who came to me one day, and he said, hey, I found this lease building. Come check this out. And I went to look at it, and I'll be honest with you, my expectation was low. I had looked at 50 different lease building opportunities, and none of them had worked out. But when I walked into this place, I walked in, and immediately I could see it. I could see this place. I knew the presence of God hit me. I knew this was supposed to be the place. As we started talking about it, the terms were right. Every place we'd looked at had five- to seven-year terms. We didn't want that. We were going to be on land within that time. This place would do two to three years with us. And so everything lined up. And listen, guys, what we believed for, what we fasted for last year came to pass. We have land, and we will, in just a few months, be in our building. God showed up and showed out. Amen. And not only that, we had the ability to move into it and take care of it, have the finances for it. what we're doing as a church. Not a lot of churches can do that, that are, that are our size. And here's what I believe God's telling us to fast for this year as a church. 1,000 people. 1,000 people. I believe that at the end of 2020, I want to see 1,000 people coming to New Song Services on a weekly basis. That's what I'm believing for. Now, that's not where this ends, just so you know. There's a bigger vision than that that I'll share with you at another time. But what we're going to fast for is, God, we want to see our church grow. We want to see more people. Listen, I don't want that just because 1,000 people makes us bigger and cooler. I don't care about that. What I care about is 1,000 people is 1,000 souls. It's 1,000 marriages that are strong. It's, it's all of those people and their children being taught the Word of God and building the kingdom of God in this earth. That's why we're pursuing that. So, church, would you agree with me for that? Yeah. Would you agree with me? In 2020, we're going to see a thousand people attending New Song Church on every weekend. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. 
Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we, we, as we step into this fast, God, we say, uh, we repent for the areas of our life where maybe we messed up. We, we, we look at our losses from last year and we leave those things behind. We, we lay them at the foot of the cross and we take up our gains and we step into 2020 believing in faith that God, you have great things in store for us, for our marriages, for our families, for our kids, for our lives. And we step into this year with faith, God, expecting it'll be the best year we've ever had, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, I pray you'd give our church vision as they pray this week and seek you, Lord. You'd show them what to do, what kind of fast to do. Give them wisdom for it as we move towards it next week. In Jesus' name.